Welcome to the Kings Insider Podcast on NBC Sports California, brought to you by Wendy's. I am James Ham. Through the magic of the interweb thingy, we have two guests today on the line. Of course, Mr. Doug Christie. Say hello, Doug. What to do, man? And we have one of Doug's friends, uh, former teammate, Mr. Scott Pollard on the line. Scott, how are you? Oh, I've changed my name. It's King Scott Pollard now. Uh, I've decided <laughs> to go the route of LeBron James. And uh, I'm just going to start referring to myself in the third person and speaking about myself in the third person. So the Scott Pollard is now referred to as not Mr. Scott Pollard, but King Scott Pollard. Just because, you know, I played with LeBron, so basically that makes me royalty too, right? It does. It does. You know, and uh, J.J. Hickson, when I had him on the podcast, he only referred to himself in the third person. So uh, that might be a reason why he doesn't play basketball that much anymore. Um, third person, third person. So, so Scott, uh, you are a man of many talents. Uh, you've got your new uh, Planet Pollard podcast. Why, why don't you tell us what you're doing now that you're no longer in the NBA and you're kind of in retirement life? Where do I start? I, uh, I was in a couple small budget slasher films. Um, I, I do, I've done some broadcasting. Uh, for the Kings, for the Celtics, for the Pacers, uh, for other radio stations around the, the, the country. Uh, I made my own movie. I starred in it. I produced it um, called The Prophet, P-R-O-F-I-T. Uh, we didn't really do any distribution with that, so unless you got to see it um, in one of the places I showed, I showed it out there in Sacramento. I showed it in Kansas and, and in Indiana. But not a lot of people have seen it, but um, it, I, I we had a fourth baby uh, two years ago almost he's almost two so i'm keeping busy here in indiana raising kids and i got one in college uh so i'm i'm busy um you know looking for alternative income to be able to afford her college uh tuition that's uh <laughs> not cheap my, my oldest and uh even though i had a college fund saved up for her uh, it's uh it's gonna expire pretty soon because she went to a good college and so uh <laughs> We uh, we're just we're just staying busy out here in Indiana. I I, I do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Still looking for a career uh, post basketball, but um, definitely staying busy. I do a whole lot of uh, uh, community stuff for the Pacers, uh, whether it's speaking to kids or, or reading to them or, or coaching adult fantasy camps, uh, and going to various you know events for the Pacers organization. And that's a proximity thing. I've done a lot of stuff like that for the Sacramento Kings as well. It's just not as often because, you know, I live in the Eastern time zone as what I refer to as the Middle East of America. Uh, because, you know, when people out here say this is the Midwest, I go, well, do you realize that it is not 1854? <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, there's, there's, there's 48 states, and, and, you know, I won't count Hawaii and Alaska in this argument, but there, there's 48 states now, and, and if you look at the map of America – we're in the Eastern time zone. So I don't know how people here consider this the Midwest at all. There's nothing West about this place. There's nothing mid about this place. We're in the Eastern third, maybe even fourth of the country geographically. So when Hoosiers say, Oh, it's the Midwest living, it's like, "Mm, (laughs) you're about a a century away from reality. That's right. Scotty, with so many, so many different interests, 
what what is your passion? Is it communications? Uh, the podcast? Uh, tune in. That obviously Planet Pollard. Does Miss Pollard come on with you as well? She hasn't yet, but uh, she does the intro for the Planet Pollard podcast. If uh, if anybody's listening has listened to it, that's uh, she 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 uh, taped a disclaimer and she's going to retape it because she doesn't like the way it sounds. Like who who listens to themselves ever? And goes, yeah, I sound awesome. I think I she think sounds I awesome. Anyone. I've listened, and I think I she too. sounds awesome. Like, what? What is she thinking? Yeah. Like she can well, like be on my answering my my cell phone. Like when people call my cell, she could be the person saying, "You've reached James Ham's cell phone." I mean, I think it's good <laughs> stuff, man. I think it's good stuff. I I agree, and uh, but that's you know that's human nature. Nobody likes the way they sound uh, when they listen to themselves again. Uh, and so, anyway, yeah, she's. Uh, we're gonna do one uh, coming up here, uh, but we're we're we've got ideas more than time to record them. Uh, I might be recording one later on tonight um, with uh, uh, a friend of mine out here, and he's he does a bourbon blog, and mm. we're we're north of bourbon country by a couple hours, but he actually is is a. He's got quite a palette, and he gets sent stuff once in a while, and he does a, a blog about it, so he does tastings every now and then. Well, a tequila company just sent him some tequila to taste, and so I said, all right, I guess we'll do a tequila sampling. So we're going to do that <laughs> and record it, and that should be fun for my next podcast. And if we don't get that one done, I'll just uh, – I've got a list of, of, of content that we just – we go off and I, I put it up there and see what happens. But uh, it's been a lot of fun that podcast because I'm sure you guys are aware, you know, sometimes just stuff comes up and you're just going, you know what? I think I need to talk about this. And, and that's what the, the beauty of podcast is. Actually, uh, I just did an interview on one with uh, Michael Rappaport and uh, that one should be coming out soon. I'm not exactly sure when, but we, I, I recorded with him last week and um, you know, it, it's interesting when you talk to people, of course, from different uh, backgrounds and you, and you learn things about other people and they learn things about you. And, and uh, you know, that's how this world's going to progress, especially our country. You know, if we keep just staying in our own circle, we're going to keep being ignorant uh, morons that, that don't uh, evolve. So uh, we've, we've all got to do a better job of getting out there and talking to other people that, that disagree with us and having constructive dialogue instead of just an insult fest which you know of course the social media tends to turn into yeah i've uh i was listening to one of your pods and you talked about trolls uh now that you're away from the game you know doug and i have talked about this but when you guys were in it there was no twitter there was no i mean it may be the burgeoning you know it was starting and, and people were starting to be that way but uh what is it like now uh especially i mean you put yourself out there being on Survivor and, and, you know, with your films and stuff like that. So now there's a direct line of communication with you and the people of the world that really wasn't there before. I mean, someone could see you at the gas station and say, hey, Scott Pollard, and, and try to talk to you. But overall, I mean, you guys lived in a, a much different world than what NBA players, even college players live in now. Yeah, I, I don't know how the younger players, the, the current college and, and NBA players do it. Because if this stuff was around when I was in college, <laughs> ooh. <laughs> ooh. Um, I'm glad it wasn't around uh, when I was in college. But, um, you 
you've had that experience. You, you, James, you talked about Survivor. Doug, you've been on TV on on the the reality TV shows, and and yeah. when you when you agree to be on one of those shows, you're basically saying I have no shame because <laughs> the contract yeah. that you sign, you are like you really are. And, and I know yours is different than mine, but the the one than Survivor. But you know, you you really are just saying, you know what? I don't know how they're they're going to edit this. And so it's, it's, am I willing to just be on this show when the creative is, is completely in someone else's uh, yep. control and there's no script. So there's, there's just producers that are going, Hey, this will make great TV. So we're going to take this clip of hours and hours and hours of footage. And then we're going to just show this. And that is what people think about your character on a TV show. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm sure there's been clips, Doug, where you're, you you watch it no and you doubt. go, man, I don't even remember saying that. <laughs> yeah. Not in that context, at least. It, it, you, you, you misplaced it. It looks really good for you, but it doesn't look so much for me. Yeah, and that's it. So um, it, so when you, when you get recognized for that in person, um, for me, anyway, my experience of, of the Survivor fans, most of the people that have come up to me, and I did mention that on my podcast, where most of the people that come up to me, some of them have gone at me on social media, where they're just like complete troll jerks cussing at me, right. saying I'm, I'm this or I'm that. And then I've run into them in person, just by random you know, cho- chance. And they're the first ones to be like, hey, man, can I get a selfie? <laughs> you know, you understand they're not they're not like autograph people you know that's kind of a it seems to me anyway that it's you know generationally it seems like the younger people are more they want a selfie or a video or a facetime you know and, and so they're not like coming up to me going hey man can i get your autograph you're awesome on survivor nba fans do that still but um but yeah like they're the the, the mean people on the social media tend to be the first ones to be like hey man you were awesome. I hated you on Survivor. And that's the kind of, of fandom that, it, that is acceptable because, again, a healthy dialogue is fine. But when you get to these social media people trying to have a discussion or an argument or a debate on social media and they're limited in characters, uh, but even then, even if it's on a different format, whether it's Facebook or whatever, where they don't have a limit on characters, rarely can you get your point across in print. With, with typing. And so dialogue is necessary. And so when these people come up to me in person and they're like, oh, my God, I hated you on Survivor. And it's like, yeah, you know, and then I get to give them a little behind-the-scenes story. And then all of a sudden I see them on the social media. This person that maybe even gave me a death threat before is now like, <laughs> oh, my God, that is hilarious. This dude was so funny in person and blah, blah, blah. And not that it – again, I stand behind everything I said. Of course I said it. It's right there in, in, on, on color. Yeah. Like you said, Doug, you know, it's out of yeah. context sometimes because it's reality TV. But, but the reality of it is, hey, you know what? Something happened. I got, I got asked to go on a TV show. I said, sure, I'll do it. And, but you, but you got to know, when you sign that big contract, you're, you're signing away a lot of your control and your self, not self-esteem, but your, your, you got to say, hey, look, I got no shame because they're going to film me at my worst and they're going to exploit that. And that's exactly what Survivor does. They, they try to get anybody and everybody crying on that show. That's exactly what they try to do because they love to show 
that it's that it's so difficult and so hard. And then when the one person ends up being the sole survivor, they show that moment of triumph and how they got there and where they came from. And so they want to try to get everybody showing every single emotion there is so that it fits the, the narrative should that person end up winning the game. And, and that's what you, some people that sign up for those shows, especially for survivor, I know didn't really expect that. They didn't, they didn't get that. They had no control over their life from that point. They couldn't talk about it anymore unless they had put that in their contract. Like some of us did. <laughs> All right. So Scott, uh, a couple of things there. Number one, you're six foot ten. I'm sure that the trolls uh, they look at you differently when they're facing you than when they're on social media and they can hide behind a keyboard. Uh, so that's probably why you get a little bit more love in person. Um, but I think for me, I would want to know number one: Would you do it again? Uh, and I mean, is it an experience that you regret? Okay. A uh, would I do it again? Um, I don't know, probably not just because the hardest part about it for me was being away from my family and being out of contact with my family for almost seven weeks. That was pretty much intolerable for a, a guy that, that, you know, even though I'm not Mormon anymore, I grew up Mormon and family is everything to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my, my blood is, is who I am and, and not being able to know what my kids are doing every single day drove me nuts. And the only way I could get through that on Survivor was I would go out for a swim. And I, that's the only way I could get away from the cameras, too. So I'd go out in the ocean and go for a swim a lot. <laughs> and, and I'd get away from those people. Not that I'm any better or worse than any of them, but, you know, it's just there is that constant gameplay out there. So would I do it again? Um, not without – and, and they, they, they wouldn't let this happen, but not without visits. Uh, or 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 a really really large dollar amount. And, you know, when you when you go back, there is some I know in flexibility because at that point you're you're kind of an actor at that point, and you get to make minimum demands of like I will participate if I have to do this. And and I'm sure Doug knows all about this. You know, when you go from one season to another, all of a sudden it's like okay, they're renewing us. Now you have a little bit more power to be able to say okay, well this needs to happen or I can't do it, or this dollar amount needs to happen, or I can't do it. And the same thing is true of any project, whether, whether it's acting or, or TV or, or, or whatever. So um, they would probably say no to me because my list of demands, which would be few, it would be either a large dollar amount or a, some visitation, which I, they've never done, except for those, you know, those one family visits that's very staged, and that's later in the game you got to get far enough. I don't think I could be away from my family that long uh, again. Uh, but the other thing is physically, I, don't, I just don't know physically that I could do it again. I lost 46 pounds uh, in 28 days uh, before I got voted off the island. And although I could use to that diet again, and I'm, I'm actually doing it right now. I lost, I lost 10 pounds last month. I'm back down to, to 308, I think, right now. Um, because of, of something I've got going on later on this summer. I don't know if you guys know, but I'm married to an awesome person and she's having a big birthday this summer and she wants to go zip lining. Well, the max Uh-oh. weight on the zip line is 280. Uh-oh. So daddy's got to get, daddy's got to lose some weight. <laughs> or, or God, you, you, Scott, you can't yeah, get to like right at 280, bro. <laughs> oh, I know. So that means two seventy. Like you need like two sixty five or something to be <laughs> safe, so man. I'm back down to play weight. I know. Okay. Costa Rica, 
I'm not trusting that they're like insured or anything. It's Costa Rica. So yeah, I'm, I know I've got to get way below 280. I've ziplined. Like, I've ziplined in, in Costa Rica. Exactly what I was like. Yeah. So t- text me a picture first, man, uh, before you even attempt. It's at least 265, man. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> yeah. So, but but I'm doing that out of my own, um, not not by any pressure from anyone else, but mostly just to be healthy, but also because I don't want to be the guy that, you know, his wife was like, hey, the one thing I'd really like to do on my birthday is go ziplining in Costa Rica. And I'm the guy that's sitting there going, oh, sandwiches were more important. <laughs> you know, <laughs> pizza was more important than ziplining with you. I'll be down there with a margarita and a taco. You know, like, like no. I, the, so I, I want to be able to participate with her. Uh, so that's, that's what's going on with that. But, uh, you know, I'm on my way. i got to lose five, six pounds a month. I've lost 10 already uh, since January. So I'm, I'm, I'm on my way, and I, I don't think I'll have a problem with that. I don't think so, but you never know. But, no, Survivor, uh, the health part of it uh, is, is, the, is real. You know, when you got rats crawling on you at night and there's stuff uh, biting you and you wake up and your uh, hands are bloody. And I, I always woke up, uh, I always slept with my buff over my face so that, you know, hopefully bugs weren't crawling in my face and my ears and my nose and all, you know, like one of the girls on our show, uh, she had a, uh, a bug in her ear and they had to put some stuff in there and I ended up finding it and grabbing it out of there with my caveman finger. Oh. But, um, you know, <laughs> it's, it's real. That part of it's real. And, you know, it was a great experience. It's not that I, I regret it at any point. So, so to answer the final part of your question, James, uh, you know, I don't regret it. I, it was a great experience. Uh, I've made some new friends, uh, even the people I, I don't love. I still talk to once in a while. Uh, and, and some of us are closer than others, but we're all family. You know, we, if you have any sort of numbers in your family, besides like one sibling, if you have a, two siblings or more, you know, that there's certain members of your family. You're just like, yep, we get along really well. And certain members of your family, you're just like, Oh, all right, we're okay. You know, I love them, but we don't talk every mm-hmm. day. <laughs> when you, when you go around, Scott, are you, are you noticed more? for Survivor or the NBA? When you walk around and people say, hey, which one do you get known for? It, it depends on the on the space, uh, on the age group. Like when mm-hmm. I go to talk, to, when I go talk to like elementary schools uh, or middle schools or high school, you know, schools, um, the, they're like, you know, oh, this guy played in the NBA, played with LeBron James, or he played with, Kevin Garnett and, and Paul Pierce and, and, you know, or he played with the Kings or whatever, but then they go, and he played, you know, and Andy was on survivor. Then they're like, I knew it, you know? So <laughs> the kids, it's definitely more survivor because I mean, let's be real. I've been retired for 10 years from the NBA. So anybody, you know, 10 or younger wasn't even alive during my career. And even five, six years before that, even if they're an NBA fan, wouldn't remember me being on a basketball court without looking me up. So um, it, it's definitely more survivor now, but also, you know, it depends, you know, when I do appearances for the King, come on, everybody out there. Yeah. Um, right, when right. I do appearances for the Pacers, you know, if it's the older crowd, they remember because I played th- the last two years of Reggie Miller of his career uh, to, you know, to my first two years here uh, were his last two. So people remember me from, you know, there's a Reggie Miller association. Um, and obviously with the championship with the Celtics or, or with uh, Ron and the Cavs. 
So there's it depends on where I am, but yeah, it's we're we're into what's now and what's most recent. And so yeah, it's more survivor than basketball for sure, but still a little bit dependent on how old the the people I'm I'm around are. All right, you're listening to the Kings Insider podcast on NBC Sports California. We've got Scott Pollard and Doug Christie on the phone. Uh, we're also, we're now brought to you by Wendy's. So make sure to drop by a local Wendy's, get some French fries and get, uh, a nice chocolate, uh, frosty, a frosty, excuse me, and make sure you're dipping. Uh, this is not part of Scott's diet. Clearly, uh, he is not allowed to go to Wendy's <laughs> at this point. Um, uh, but Scott, let's shift gears a little bit. We've talked a lot of survivor. We've talked life. Uh, but you are still a basketball junkie. And I, I mean, I know this because I've, I've seen your opinions multiple times on college players as they're coming through, whether you think they'll be an NBA player, whether you think they won't. Uh, I know very well what your thoughts were on Thomas Robinson before the Sacramento Kings drafted him. Uh, and we all believe at this point, and we believed at that point that Damian Lillard should have been the pick instead. Um, but you're pretty high on Marvin Bagley. Uh, why don't you give us some thoughts on not just Marvin, but maybe this draft class and what's ahead? Well, I, I don't pretend to know a lot about a lot of people. Uh, you know, I watched the Kansas Jayhawks diligently, uh, Big 12 um, more than other conferences. I've been watching the Pac-12 this year more than ever because one of my nephews plays for Washington State. Uh, and just luckily, I don't know why. They happen to show a lot of his games out here in Indiana. So I record them because I'm in the Middle East of America. I'm on the Eastern time zone and they're always in the Pacific. So I hit, I hit record because I'm old and I watch them the next day. So I've, I've gotten a little bit familiar with the Pac-12. Uh, I've gotten a lot familiar with the Big 12 guys. Uh, but, you know, Duke's on TV all the time, just like my alma mater, Kansas, is on TV all the time. And, I, you know, I end up seeing that Bagley kid. Um, so I'm not a definitive uh, basketball resource, uh, but you give me – a few games of a player and I'm going to, I'm going to be able to get a good vibe for him. Uh, and, and that's what, you know, when people ask me about it, but I just, I just happened to tweet about Bagley. Um, the thing about him is he's not just good now. He's really good now. Um, he's not incredibly tall. He's not seven, one or seven, two, like, you know, or a guy that even looks like that. Uh, say, you know, I'm not comparing him to him, uh, but but the Montebrow down in, in uh, New Orleans, you know, that's a guy that plays incredibly huge. Even though he's supposedly only 6'11", he seems like he's 7'2", 7'3". Um, there's guys like Porzingis that are 7'2", 7'3", and they're just freaks. And I just I hope that kid comes back from his injury because I think that he might be uh, one of the all-times if he develops the way I think he will. But as far as Bagley, he – plays at his level he plays at his size and what that means to me is he can do everything he's supposed to do at his size he rebounds he blocks shots um but he also can do other stuff and he's going to be able to do more of that so he can also handle the ball a little bit i don't think his shot is great but it looks good it looks like it's going to get good uh, it looks like he ha- he will have no problem developing con- uh, a consistent NBA three-pointer, which is very key for any big man, any any player nowadays. So the the upside is huge with him, but he's at where he's at right now 
and I think he's the best college basketball player right now. And, and you know how hard it is for me to say that about anything to do with Duke? I, I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a tough pill for me to even swallow. But he is – and the fact that he's a lefty, um, you know, I'm a, I have an affinity for lefties. I'm a lefty myself, even though I, I shot free throws right-handed. I'm left-handed. And so I, I, I love seeing a guy that throws people off with – the way that he plays and, and just even just being left-handed. I don't know why it's such a big deal still. It shouldn't be, but it is. And, and his ability to just move around the court at his size and do exactly what he's supposed to do at his size, but also it, it looks like he has the ability to improve on the stuff that he doesn't do right now and, and be able to do those just as well. He, he just moves so well. He doesn't look uh, stiff in the hips, which is a concern for a lot of big guys. When you see big guys running up and down the court, uh, they're seven feet, seven one, seven two, and you see their hips don't move very well, and you're thinking, okay, well that guy's going to have knee problems or back problems at some point because if your hips don't move, you don't move. He moves well, his body moves well, so I don't see him being one of those big guys that's injury prone, uh, and that's just as big a factor as any other athletic factor or mental factor when you're talking about an NBA commodity. Uh, in the Big 12 as well, Trey Young, uh, a little shooting dynamo. What, what, I know that Steph Curry on the brain for everybody. What's your thoughts about young Trey Young? Uh, you know, Trey's nothing like uh, Steph Curry. I, I don't think that he <laughs> has the force of – I don't think he has the force of character. Um, but again, I, I don't, I haven't seen him as much, even as I've seen of Bagley. I've seen him play against Kansas. That's it. I didn't, I haven't really seen him play more than two, three times, maybe ever. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I don't claim definitive knowledge on, on Trey, but what I have seen of Trey is he is, he is so little. Um, and, and for, for comparison for Kings fans, of course, Frank Mason, I hated Frank Mason his first three years at Kansas. I hated him. And, and I, he was so frustrating because he would just go in and drive hard and then miss the layup and, and get among the trees. And then his senior year, he put Kansas on, the, on his back. The entire team on his back was man, man, man. I say that three times for effect. He was a man for <laughs> And won games because of his force of character. Now, that is maturation, that is, is Frank, and that's why Frank is playing in the NBA. It's not because of his size. So when you talk about a guy that's about that same size, but he's so skinny, he's, he doesn't, you know, Trey, doesn't have the strength that Frank Mason has and had last year. But Frank was 21. Frank was a fourth-year player, a senior. You know, and so it, it's hard to, for me to look at a kid that's that young and think, is he a draft prospect right now? Because I'm sitting here going, he's so weak. He's, he's putting up numbers, for sure. For sure putting up numbers. But who's he playing with? And is he dominating the conference? Is he, yes, scoring-wise, yes. His team is one of the best teams in the conference, but they're not the best team in the conference. And who's he, got, who's he making better? He, you know, there are times where I've seen his stat line after a game I watched. And I just was like, oh, he, he did that? It, it, his, 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 his gravitas to me isn't there. 
I don't see how he's going to make a team better other than if he's on a terrible team and he just gets his numbers. I think that if he's on a great team, he doesn't get those numbers and therefore won't be effective. And that's my snapshot on Trey Young right now. If he were to go in the NBA next year and he gets drafted high and he's on a terrible team, yep, he's going to keep getting those numbers. But he's not going to make that, that terrible team into a playoff team. And if he's on a great team, I think that he gets lost in the shuffle because he's not going to be able to put up those numbers on a great team because there's going to be a great point guard ahead of him that's going to put up numbers like that against guys that are 6'2", 6'3", Steph Curry, lightning fast and lightning athletic and, and day in and day out. Uh, I think that Trey is, is a little overrated, and I, and I hope I'm wrong. As I always say when I, when I bag guys and I say, oh, I don't think that guy is as good, I always <laughs> say I hope I'm wrong. Buddy, Buddy is proving me wrong to a certain extent because I, I still don't think – I feel very similar. I'm sorry to another Oklahoma Sooner. And it has nothing to do with, like, I, it's not that I don't like Oklahoma. I don't care. Uh, but it just happens to be another Oklahoma Sooner. I wasn't real high on Buddy. And Buddy has been a better NBA fit for the Kings, obviously, than the Pelicans. But I still don't think that if Buddy was on a great team that he would get a lot of minutes or a lot of touches because I think he would get lost in the shuffle as well. But, again, he has proven me wrong to a certain extent. And I hope that Trey Young makes me eat my words because uh, right now, yeah, I don't. I'm not high on Trey Young. I'm not falling for the hype, the numbers, because he's not dragging his team to championships. They're going to get third or fourth place in the Big 12, and they're going to get bounced in the tournament because they don't have a complete team. And he is not. He doesn't have the gravitas as a force of character to drag his team to a Sweet 16 appearance. I don't even. I don't. Even, it, it, if they even get that far. All right, Scott. We can't keep you all day long, uh, but. Being in Sacramento, I mean, we're surrounded by your former teammates. I mean, of course, Doug, uh, but Bobby's around, Peja's around, Vlade's around. Uh, what is your favorite memory? You got that right. Bobby is around. Bobby <laughs> is around. <laughs> unnecessary. Totally unnecessary. <laughs> true. He's true, hey, but unnecessary. It's not like, uh, yeah, I did. I, I said it. It's not, uh, well, you know, even Mike, you see Mike Bibby and it's like, Man, dude, what are you like out lifting cars or something? What he's so huge, like yeah. ripped, but a different kind of around, I guess. But uh, what is your favorite memory of being with these guys and and the incredible chemistry and love that you guys had on the court? All of it, every single minute, every single day. I I never dreaded going into work when I was a Sacramento King. I can't say that's true of any other team I played on. Uh, where there was at least a day or two of my rookie year, I didn't want to go in ever. I almost quit. But, um, you know, every, every day that I went in and, and played for the Sacramento Kings, I got to be around guys that I genuinely respected, that I genuinely loved and enjoyed being around. Even when they weren't my favorite person, we all sent – even the new guys, like when it came in every year, you know, because the roster shuffled, Guys would come in, and they'd come in with their own particular attitude, as happens when you change a roster. But all of a sudden, it was like, oh, we're talking greater good here. And, and everybody just kind of was like, this, that makes sense. I, I don't need to show that attitude that I showed on my last team or that I will show in the future on other teams. And we didn't have attitude problems. And guys felt in and bought in to that, oh, the greater good. We're going to win games. We're going to have a blast doing it. 
and that was the best part of it to me. But there, there was no bad times. I didn't get in fights with teammates there. I got in fights with teammates on other teams. I never got in fights with teammates in, in Sacramento. And, and so being able to, to go to work with these guys and then when you're on the road, go out with these guys, whether it's just dinner or the, the team meetings or walkthroughs in the hotel ballroom because it's too, you know, we got in late. We're not even going to bother going all the way to an arena for shoot around. Um, it was always enjoyable. And the coaching staff had everything to do with that as well. So let's not forget about those guys. Uh, you know, Rick Adelman, whose family just suffered a horrible, horrible tragedy last week when his son was run over yeah. in Houston. I mean, I, I, it just, it broke my heart and I, I wasn't real close with RJ, but Oh my God, I, it just, that's my family. You, you know, that's Rick Adelman is a man I, I love, uh, has, have loved for years and, and always will. And so when something happens to his family, that's my family too. And, uh, you know, so it, it, the, the, the emotion runs deep with the, with the Sacramento Kings and it always has, and it always will. And every time Doug, you know, every time we see each other, it's like it's 15 years ago. And, and, and I made that joke about Bobby, but it's because I know he can handle it. I would never say anything about Bobby uh, to joke about him unless I knew that he would laugh it off. And, you know, if I knew I was hurting his feelings, I wouldn't say that. And, and, you know, the, the, the inverse opposite in every single way to me was on that team. And it was Lawrence Funderburg. I mean, that dude was smart, articulate, uh, uh, germaphobe, <laughs> very, very religious, read books all the time. I mean, we sat across from each other on the bus and I'd pass gas because that's how I roll on a bus full of men. I don't, you know, I'm not going to hold it, uh, especially if I've got a gut ache. And he would look at me and go, man, you're going to hell. <laughs> but, but it was just, you know, even, even the two of us who probably couldn't be any more different. I mean, he is literally one of the smartest, and I'm not the smartest guy in the world. He's one of the smartest guys I've ever been around. I'm not in just in basketball, but it, overall. And, and we couldn't have been more polar opposite, but we got along just, just great, just wonderfully. And so that when, when that kind of connection happens, it's think about it. Like the, the guys that are in the bench, we're in the same spot battling for the same minutes and polar opposites character wise. We got along famously. Imagine how easy it would be for the starting five to get along, you know, Doug and, and, and Jason Williams and then Mike Bibby. And then, um, you know, obviously Vlade and Chris and, and Peja, it's like, those guys aren't battling each other for minutes. Imagine how easy it was for them to get along and for them to be so great and, and, and just poetry on court. And everywhere we had a fan base, depending on whose, whose city it was, but there was a there almost everybody had their city where they were the big time guy that was the big time draw for the opposing crowd. And so many times we had home court advantages in other cities because of that, because we were so tight knit and enjoyed each other so much. And it showed on the court. We made the Golden State Warriors of now what they are from that like that. That's the type of stuff that they're, they're living right now. Those Golden, Golden State Warriors right now are doing what we did 15 years ago and, and 17 years ago because that's, that's how we did it. We loved each other. We, we had each other's backs. You know, I, I was never a fighter, but I would have fought for that team. Oh, man. I'm, I'm crying. 
Are you crying over there, Doug? I am absolutely crying. <laughs> <laughs> That's a first. Doug Christie crying on the Kings Insider podcast. Hey, this has been a joy. We're going to have to have you on again. Uh, thanks so much for dropping by and giving us some time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I know I get a little uh, a little talky-talky, but uh, appreciate you guys having me on. And uh, Doug, we'll talk soon. And I think Anytime, the headline for this man. one is, is is the, the the King's podcast Scott made Doug cry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was there were tears of joy hey. because I'm laughing because you know Scott they don't do that anymore. They don't get on each other like that. And you are absolutely right. We love Bobby to death, man. Good stuff, Scotty. Appreciate you, man. We do, and you know Bobby will always be around. So we'll you know whenever we see him. <laughs> <laughs> Unnecessary. <laughs> All right, you've been listening to the Kings Insider Podcast. If you haven't already, visit Apple Podcasts or Google Play to subscribe. And if you like our podcast, give us a rating and a review. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at NBC Authentic. We'll be back next week with another episode with Doug Christie, with another guest. Uh, Make sure to follow Planet Pollard Podcast for Mr. Scott Pollard. Absolutely spectacular guest. We'll see you next week, Kings fans. 